Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Again, thank you so much for being here today and being that proactive parent and being so great to take care of your children the way that you do because there is a lot to learn out there. I know I've been through it uh, for 15 years now. I've studied autism alone uh, just because I was so desperate as well to get my son better and, and see how much better he could get and take him to his optimum level of results. And that's what I've done. And what I hope that some of the educational resources I share with you will help you to do with your own child. Uh, we've talked a lot about co-infections in the past and one of them has been on mold and the mold biotoxins, which again, I'll, I'll just briefly go into quickly here. There is an actual genetic disorder and it's contained in about 29% of the population and it renders us helpless to dispel these toxins from the body when we are exposed to water damaged buildings, literally from mold spores in the air, whether they're dead or alive. And it triggered, they can be triggered even by stress or illness to, to trigger the gene. But either way, what happens is the result is chronic inflammation. Now, this activates the immune system, completely dysregulates it, and leads to multiple health problems. We call it a multi system problem. 
because it will affect so many issues in the body, these mold biotoxins and this chronic inflammation, it basically is like, like a cascade of inflammation going on in your body. And that includes in your brain. I mean, brain fog is one of the most common things. And depression, people are literally getting put on SSRI drugs for serious depression and if it is found, this has been happening so often now for people who are getting educated like you are, they find that it's the mold biotoxin issue causing their depression. They clear the mold and eradicate it from their home. They make sure that they have minimal exposure in their life to it because they know how susceptible they are. Clear it up in their body because you've got to work with, there's some ways to work with it in your system. And then after that, you these people who were living in depression are their spirits are lifted and they're coming back to normal. They're able to think they're, they're happy again. You know, this is huge and it can affect health related problems all the way from pulmonary, you know, of course, lungs and respiratory tract to, to neurological. So, um, you know, mold is a very, very common allergen. It's found in our body, you know, our, our lives pretty much daily. Um, and most people, if they are exposed to it, the average person can actually detoxify these excess spores and, and biotoxins, um, you know, naturally within a few days, but with this genetic susceptibility, it re renders us, some of us to the dangers of it. So I wanted to talk a little bit deeper about what's going on. And I'll link today in today's show notes to what, you know, a, a mold episodes I've done in the past. So you can get a little bit further information on that, but I really wanted to talk today about some of the more in-depth issues. So uh, I want—I don't want to get too sciencey on you, but I really wanted you to to get a, a little bit of underlying background because, again, I think, and I, I do know that the more we're educated about something, the more we understand it, then the more we are thinking consciously about doing something about it because we know why we're we're needing to do something about it. So there's actually a gene or a protein and it's called transforming growth factor beta one. It's also more commonly, almost always, you'll see it referred to as TGF beta one. And it's found throughout the body. And it's, a, it's one of the family of cytokines or whose job is to affect the growth and activity of the cells. And TGF beta one is important in things like fetal growth and development and the formation of blood vessels muscle tissue and body fat development, recovering from wounds, the regulation of bone growth and the functioning of the immune system. And when the TGF beta one is, it's inside of the cells and it, it, when it's inside, it remains inactive. It has to be triggered by chemical signals to shift into its active form. So one cytokine, which is an inflammatory uh, trigger, can trigger multiple cytokines, more and more inflammation markers. And this again, starts that, that cascade of inflammation I talked about. And then the inflammatory response becomes unregulated. And then we have chronic inflammation going on in the body. And that's where the problems really come from. But what the immune system is trying to do is constantly fight these issues that have been triggered already. That's why the symptoms can be so varied. Again, multi-system, multiple organs in the body are affected. But I want to talk about the melanocyte stimulating hormone, MSH. Now, chronic inflammation can suppress the MSH and its pathways. 
Now this hormone, again, regulates the pituitary and therefore your hormones, okay? Very, very much involved in hormonal dysfunction. So again, moms, if you are watching your child, especially when they hit pu puberty, um, you can really, really see huge differences in your child um, with uh, hormonal issues. Girls developing very young, uh, very young ages. Um, boys uh, can also become um, more aggressive, which actually I'll give a caveat here, has also a little bit to do with mercury in the system because mercury and testosterone, when they get together, it really exacerbates the, the dangers of mercury and what it, what it can do to the system when testosterone is present. And of course we know puberty means huge levels of testosterone for, for boys especially. Um, so the MSH, the melanocyte stimulating hormone also has anti-inflammatory functions and lowered MSH will reduce the production of melatonin, which affects sleep. So again, mold biotoxins going back to affecting the MSH, this, this hormone, which is affecting the ability to sleep. That's why we find melatonin very, very helpful for sleep. It's also helpful if there is, which are our, our recent episode that I did on um, parasites, uh, melatonin has been shown to be helpful in, um, in, in protocols with parasites, but it's definitely known for working for helping sleep because it is, it, you've heard me talk in the past also about serotonin. Now I, I kind of call it the king of neurotransmitters. Well, serotonin helps to build melatonin. And if your child's gut is not working properly, and a lot of things go back to the gut initially, which by the way, mold really, really keeps the gut ill. So you might be doing all this great work and thinking, why is my child's gut getting better? Because they could have parasites, they could have mold biotoxins, Lyme disease also really affects the gut. So I'm like throwing a little bit of extra education for you there, but so sleep issues. So melatonin is very helpful. The production of endorphins is suppressed, which can lead to chronic pain also. Uh, lowered MSH can cause leaky gut, which inhibits the absorption of nutrients from food, weakens and dysregulates the immune system. And then the regulation of these cytokine responses by white blood cells, which lowers the body's ability to fight infections. So again, throwing the immune system completely off and weakening it as well. But again, remember, as I've talked about uh, before, that we don't want to boost the immune system in a child with autism. We're looking to regulate it or modulate it. It's very common that they have, that children with autism have overactive immune systems and uh, can, can lead to you know, autoimmune issues, illnesses, um, which means that the immune system is attacking itself, the, your own tissues. So very, very dangerous to boost immune system in children with autism. You wanna regulate or modulate. And anybody you work with should be very aware of that and make sure that they are. Often we're having to educate people we work with. Your level of MSH usually correlates with your level of energy. So if you have low energy, again, mold is something to be considered, definitely making sure your home is free of it. Wiping the walls down with bleach is not enough. You've got to eradicate it properly with a specialized company. Um, there's one called Wondermakers, wondermakers.com that you can uh, look into that is uh, known for being one of the specialists as well. But it, if, if you continue 
looking at um, if you continue, continue living in a situation where you're exposed to mold or your child is, or they're going to a moldy school every day where they're breathing mold at school or grandma's house or various places, um, very important to know that, um, that this is all involved in these symptoms. So again, energy, energy is a huge one and a total inability to think uh, really affects the brain. Usually the lower your levels of MSH are, the lower your energy is. So low MSH, again, can result in lowered resistance also to staphylococcal bacteria colonizing in the nasal pathways. Now, staphylococcal or staph infections, exactly what I'm saying is exactly what it is. Now there's something called Marcon's, which is an antibiotic resistant staph infection that builds in the nasal path passageways because of the body's lowered MSH and resistance to this, and it's growing in the nasal passageways. Now, many things can of course happen from this. Now, if you realize the nasal passages are very, very close to the, they have a very, there's a very thin sheath that is protecting between the nasal passageways and the brain. There's something called a blood brain barrier that this dangerous infection is able to cross. So this bacteria is getting into your child's brain causing many other symptoms. The chronic inflammation, it mimics many of the autoimmune issues. Kids are often, or people are often misdiagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, Epstein-Barr virus, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, um, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, and then other autoimmune diseases when it can be from this. So uh, very important uh, to know to, to work with this again properly. It's antibiotic resistant. Uh, it gets up into the brain, but it can also then drip down into the mouth and will the bacteria will then affect the teeth. So there can be a lot of dental issues that you might notice. And this is again, very common in children with autism. They're already having trouble absorbing the nutrition from the foods that they eat. So the, they're low in minerals, which you know our bodies need to do many functions. Of course, we, we recognize them the most, most in teeth and bones, but there are a lot of other functions in the body that minerals have to do with. If our body is, is de deficient in minerals, it will rob from the teeth and the bones to pull from them what it needs. So we're getting weakened, uh, weakened teeth because of that issue as well. So very important to know about those things. Here's my thinking, why does my child have so many teeth issues? So there are multiple reasons for that. And this staphylococcal infection from the mold issue can be one of them. Uh, I'll walk through a couple of more of the symptoms here because I think it's helpful. The most common symptoms are neurological, pulmonary, as I mentioned, respiratory issues, uh, visual problems. There can be dizziness, especially dizziness when standing quickly, um, stiffness or pain in the back of the head or the neck. Um, although, of course, these can vary greatly. The chronic inflammatory response can contribute to leaky gut. Again, as I mentioned, very important to know that because again, you might be doing a lot of other great work, but if the mold issue is present in your, your life, your child's life, the leaky gut won't really get better. You've got to really eliminate the, uh, the source of the problem. Remember, I'm all about causes. We're not just masking symptoms. We've got to do something about it. Um, of course, multiple hormone imbalances 
intolerance to carbohydrates is very common. Um, gluten, dairy, sugar, you know, these things are craved, but they're not digested well. Uh, chronic inflammation in the brain can cause a lot of behavioral problems, learning difficulties, a lack of focus and hormonal, hormonal issues. Again, of course, this is MSH or the melanocyte, melanocyte stimulating hormone. Again, it's a hormone. Now you might notice symptoms such as waking exhausted in the morning. You never really feel like you're getting a good night's sleep. You wake up in the morning, whether you did sleep all night or not, you get up in the morning and you're still dragging. It's a basically chronic fatigue. There's a lot of flu-like symptoms and, and often a cough, um, respiratory issues, maybe hard to take a really deep breath, chronic pain in various parts of the body, uh, stomach aches or pain, uh, pituitary dysfunction, hormonal problems. Again, I mentioned trouble focusing and concentrating is huge with the mold biotoxin issue. Language difficulty and learning disabilities, poor memory, anxiousness, anger, depression, ADD or ADHD, cold hands and feet, uh, weight gain, very common to have a lot of weight gain uh, with the mold issue, frequent urination more than three or four times a day, uh, irregular menses, of course, and heavy flow and severe cramping in women, uh, poor blood clotting, such as nosebleeds and more chronic headaches, including migraines, abdominal pain and GI issues, chronic candida albicans. Now we've talked about candida in the past, hard to get rid of because mold might still be contributing as well. Diarrhea, bedwetting. And older kids, I hear this from my, my members of my program a lot that their child, you know, they'll write in the forum and ask me, Karen, my, my child started bedwetting again. You need to check for mold in the home or mold exposure uh, that's anything new. Maybe it's a new school, a new classroom. Uh, maybe they uh, had one mom or son was actually getting much better. He was doing really well. And then all of a sudden he had a severe regression. We were going through, I was troubleshooting with her. Like, what, a, what might it be? It turned out she finally figured out he had gone and gotten his haircut at a barbershop. And the barbershop was an old building that had mold in it. And just from her son being in that building for the length of the time they got a haircut triggered so much for him, um, she had to, to really start working with it, um, you know, right away. Uh, so I was working with her to, to walk through it because, you know, you, you can't just let that go. Uh, these, these things are causing all of these problems, as we're mentioning. You know, it's high immunoglobulin, IgE, which triggers asthma, nasal polyps. People have nasal polyps, uh, commonly nasal infections. Of course, I mentioned staph there. Uh, redness on your hands and feet um, or redness on one cheek or over the nose, uh, blurred vision, I mentioned that as well, tearing and light sensitivity, sound sensitivity, red eyes, poor vision, sinus problems, um, uh, resting tremors. Uh, you might notice that, that kind of shaky. Um, some people have extremely long limbs compared to their torso. And this is kind of a genetic thing to look for, not an always, but something to look for. Hyperflexibility, you know, double jointed, um, have a lot of muscle cramps. Uh, Bell's palsy is something that is also implicated. Now that means one side of your face might droop a little bit. Um, and again, 
Adults commonly have multiple symptoms, but children may only have one symptom present. And the most common symptoms we see in children, again, they can vary for everybody, but just as a, in a general, the most common symptoms in children that are triggered with this mold genotype are uh, chronic headaches that last more than uh, one or two months, like just chronic headache, fatigue for more than one or two weeks, chronic abdominal pain, and bedwetting, again, in children that are older than six years of age, inattention and ADD. And once treated for um, a lot of these kids um, that have been treated with, sadly, drugs, Ritalin and things in the past, because nobody knew an answer, they were treating the, the, the symptoms, not the causes. When the mold biotoxin issue is taken care of, often you'll see children and people no longer having to take Ritalin because they are not having the ADD and the inattention issues because the problem has actually been solved. So when treated correctly, younger children get better so much faster. Testing for you know, mononucleosis and H. pylori bacterium, which I will link to in the show notes as well because I've done an episode on that in the past, are important to rule out with the symptoms of chronic fatigue and abdominal cramps too but it is important to remember that the mold genotype illness mimics these symptoms. So you don't wanna skip over it just thinking it's only H. pylori. Very important to know that there may also be a mold issue going on that needs to be taken care of. Um, and then note also, if either of the child's parents had bedwetting issues as a child themselves. Now remember, this is genetic. So one or both of the parents may, will have this genetic uh, this predisposition. So a lot of these symptoms should be looked for in mom and dad, and it hopefully can help you a lot. Um, because again, even as an adult, you may still be containing many of these symptoms and it's all very hereditary. Again, you're passing you know, that gene on to your child, but you have it as well. And uh, many of us are, are exposed to uh, mold biotoxins in our regular lives, uh, even daily, and we don't know about it. And you've got to be able to naturally combat it. Um, one of the ways uh, I work with them in, with proprietary organic herbal formulas in my program, um, you can, I'll link to a, uh, an episode, some episodes I've done on this in the past. Um, for a, a quick visual online visual test that you can do that's not just testing your vision, but it's how it tests your neurological system. It's called the VCS test. And it's about $15. And on survivingmold.com, you can actually um, uh, do that test on, the, uh, on their website. And um, that can be helpful in, in understanding if there, that possibility is going on. Now, not all children with autism are able, uh, willing or able to do that. It's just looking at a computer screen and seeing what lines you see and don't see. It's very uh, interesting, but very simple. Um, but that is one way to determine. Uh, please, please uh, start working with diet right away as well. Um, I will link to my seven foods guide because we want to not be adding in more inflammatory foods into our child's diet. If they've already got enough inflammation going on from the mold biotoxin issue and from anything else, we want to make sure that the foods that they're eating are correct. My seven foods guide is a free download and it will give you the top seven foods to eliminate from your child's diet that are contributing to not only the toxic overload, but the inflammation in their body. Very important. 
The direct link for that is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods, just the number seven and foods with no spaces in between. I will also link to it on the show notes. And today's show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 127. I hope this has been helpful for you in getting yourself and your family and your child with autism and anybody else uh, healthy and sharing this information. I appreciate too, because there are so many people out there that are living with these issues that don't really know uh, where to go or how to find help or what's going on. And so education is always the key to understanding what's going on for you so that you know that you can, you have some some issues that you need to work with and understanding where they're coming from so that you can work with the causes and not just the symptoms. And that is always the most important. We don't want to just start taking medicine or drugs or things that could even be harmful to our system because somebody wasn't educated. The practitioner we were seeing wasn't educated on what else to look for and didn't know. So very important. And again, I hope this has been helpful for you. Appreciate you being here and listening and we'll see you next time.